Welcome back to another episode of Mrs. King's Chronicles, a podcast for the 80s hit show Scarecrow Mrs. King. I'm Taya Johnston and I'm joined by my lovely friends and co-hosts Lexi Fema and Jen Peterson. Miranda Thomas uh, isn't available at this time but she might be joining us later. And we're going to be discussing season three's Reach for the Sky. So Reach for the Sky was aired originally on November 11th, 1985. And it was also shown as the eighth episode out of 22 total. And in our revised order, it's also the eighth episode. So I think this is the first time uh, for season three that the revised order that we came up with or that we're using matches up with the actual uh, shown order for, again, this season. The director for this episode we've talked about before, his name is James Frawley. He directed five total episodes of Scarecrow and Mrs. King, four in season one, and then this season three episode. So since we've talked about him before, I won't rehash that again today. The writers were Ron Landry and Tom Biner. Uh, It seemed to be that they were a writing pair. This is the only episode that they wrote of Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Uh, Ron passed away in 2002, and I have no idea about Tom. There wasn't any, there was hardly any information about him at all. And the reason I suggested that they're a writing pair is because basically all of the credits that they had uh, for writing and otherwise matched up on each like match up on their respective imdb pages so ron had seven overall writing credits tom had six um so just a few short or one one last i should say but they were uh writing on shows and i had never heard of these but they seem to i don't know they were around for a little bit so first is flow another one is at ease give me a break benson and benson um and then like i mentioned just the one episode of scarecrow mrs king you never heard of give me a break nope I sure didn't. Oh, my God. Jen, do you remember that one with Nell Carter? I mean, just the give me a break. Give, give me, me a break. Yeah. Break me off a piece of that. Yeah. No, it was um, <laughs> it had a, it had its own uh, song. Oh, okay. do you remember that, Jen? Yeah. 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 And Benson, I, mm-hmm. I've watched that one before, okay. too. I kind of figured just that was Robert uh, Guillaume. Robin Guillaume. Robert Guillaume. Oh. oh, OK. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. So. He played Benson. It was like uh, he worked for a governor. Hmm. If I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure it was a governor. Oh, okay. And it was like all set there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to note uh, that Dennis Duckwall was an associate producer on this episode. We've talked about him before, but um, I'm specifically mentioning it because I sat at his table at the 35th Scarecrow and Mrs. King reunion. So always interesting to see his name uh, actually listed. Uh, to help corroborate some of the stories that he likes to to share when meeting with him in person. As far as the guest stars are concerned, uh, Taya has already spoken about uh, Raleigh Bond. Is it Raleigh or Raleigh? Raleigh. Raleigh. Raleigh Bond, who plays uh, the character T.P. Aquinas. So I won't talk about him again, but he is in 11 total episodes. Um, And this one in Reach for the Sky is his second season two appearance, at least in our revised order thus far. The other uh, guest star that I'll talk about today is Myron Natwick, who plays Dr. Smith. Uh, he was born in De- or on December 31st, 1927, and believe it or not, he is still acting, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But he was in nine total episodes of Scarecrow and Mrs. King, um, this one in uh, season three, and then the remaining 
I think most of them were in season four. So he has 90 total acting credits, and like I mentioned, he is still working. It's not on his IMDb profile, but Taya, if you're active in, um, not Taya if she's active, but if you, the listeners, are active on Facebook, she shared in a couple of the groups that he was in the recent Taylor Swift music video for her song, The Man, as the old, like really old guy marrying a young, soon-to-be trophy wife in it. So he had some brown contacts in he looked a little bit different but yeah he was he, he uh it definitely looked like myron so although he wasn't credited on imdb it could just be that they didn't update it specifically. david had mentioned that he was out in la yeah. and he was trying to get with he was supposed to have dinner with myron but myron wasn't feeling well because he had they had shoved him in these tight horrible shoes for this video that he was uh in oh. he said and he said uh Taylor Swift's directing it. And David and I were like, what? Why would she be directing it? And then we're like, he's probably, you know, getting a little older. He probably doesn't know, you know? So we're like, yeah, okay, you know? And then all of a sudden I'm watching it. I'm like, oh my God, that is Myron right there. And he really was in this video. I don't know. He has got to have the best agent because he's still working. I mean, when you were mentioning it, I'm like, they they probably like the, the, like, I don't know, the soliciting service, they were like, give us the oldest guy that's still <laughs> acting, that's still around. Yeah. And that's what I have to think. Like that was, He, that he did movie. really well in it. He looked really, I mean, he, he really did yeah. a good, a good job yeah. in it, you yeah, know? He sold it, for sure, for sure. He looks young, too. He doesn't look that, I mean, he doesn't look, yeah. okay, I shouldn't say this, he doesn't look as old as he looks in person in the video, so they spruced him up. Well, he thought he looked, I, I just saw, I just saw it once, so... It was funny though. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But yeah, a bunch of people were like, "Was that Bruce (laughs) in as the the line judge or the you know the judge on the tennis court?" And it's like, "No, that's Taylor Swift's dad." Yeah, you know, it was funny. It was really weird and bizarre to see the just him in that. It was just so odd. Absolutely. Yeah. Good for uh, him, though. Yeah. Yep. And then some other notable credits uh, for TV. He was in Perry Mason, Cagney and Lacey, and Night Heat. And uh, for film, I'm just trying to figure out what he was in, in Cagney and Lacey. I've watched that show. I, I think love it that was show. Just one episode. If wow, I, I, right. I don't remember him but being in it. That's crazy. It. Yeah. Huh. And then for film, he was in uh, Cats and Dogs in 2001 as Mr. Mason. He was in recently on the Netflix Netflix movie in 2017. I don't feel at home in this world anymore as Killer Sills. That was his character name. I haven't seen it, um, but since it's more recent and it's readily available on Netflix, I might check it out. In the year 1975, he played a civilian in Three Days of the Candor. It looked like a pretty popular movie. Uh, Robert Redford was in it and Faye Dunaway, but I had never seen it, so noted that. And then in 2018, this one this one I'm leaving for last because it's just like so terrible. It's called uh, Blumhouse's Truth or Dare. And guess what he played? Just guess. Just, just guess if you had to guess. The Devil. Hospital corpse. Oh, a corpse. Oh. Isn't that terrible? Oh. I wouldn't want to do that. I see that all the time and I'm like, that looks like a bad job. <laughs> you can't <laughs> breathe. You, yeah. yeah. You very still. You have to look dead. I know my nose would itch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Myron Natwick. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about is Gary Goodrow. He played the character Dens. 
Um, he was alive from 1933 until 2014, and he had 69 total acting credit. I specifically picked this one, um, and I'll preface it by saying that for the guest stars this time, there were a lot of people that, um, they had like a decent amount of work that they did, but nothing that I was super familiar with. So this guy, Gary, uh, was actually in Dirty Dancing. He played Mo Pressman in the year 1987. He was also in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid as a writer in 1992. Um, invasion of the Body Snatchers, and also Escape from Alcatraz. Hmm. TV-wise, he was in uh, an episode or two of Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, and Remington Steele, and his last acting credit was in 2008. Um, the last person that I'm going to talk about today, he's actually uncredited as the desk guard. His name is Alan Graft. He was born in 1949, and he is still active. So he was in two episodes of Scarecrow and Mrs. King, at least, but neither of them were credited, so it's totally possible that he was in them otherwise. And the reason I say that is because not only does he have 117 acting credits, he also has 214 stunt credits. Wow. So apparently he's like really, really well known as a, like, a, like a stuntman or a stunt director, I think, at this point. But the other... Um, what did he play? ...episode, so the... In, in um, Reach for the Sky, he played the desk guard. And in Wrong Number, which is the other episode he was uncredited in, he played Town's Abductor. Oh, okay. Yeah. On the street, probably. Yeah. Yep. Wait, so the guard. Oh, the guard that, that um, Lee comes up and knocks okay, out, probably. So I, I was looking at the guard, <clears throat> and there was one, I, and I don't think it's him based on his picture, so we should pull it up when we're mm. watching. It's either, and I really don't think it's this person, it's the one where Amanda's getting off the elevator. Oh, yeah, she goes up and time. down, up and I think down. It's the one where her and Lee are walking down the hallway and there's a, a guard. Yeah, the desk. desk. Yeah. Yes. That's why I was picturing. Oh, okay. Got yeah. It. Yes. I think it's him. Um, okay. But we, we can. Yeah, yeah. Out. So, as far as his acting credits, um, keep in mind many of them were uncredited because they're just small parts but mm -hmm. he's been in a lot of big name shows that I like recently so wow. Brooklyn Nine-Nine Sons oh. of Anarchy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Scandal Criminal Minds Friday Night Lights Ally McBeal um, Punky Brewster Robocop and there was obviously holy cow way more and then for the stunt credits, he is in NCIS, NCIS LA, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Daddy's Home, which is a movie. He was in Captain America, the first Avenger. Wow. Pirates of the Caribbean. The <gasps> that the you Black love Marvel. that one. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, Sons of Anarchy again. So, yeah, he's, he seems to wow. be really prolific. He's still very much so active. There were a few things that were in production at this point. Um, but yeah, he was really interesting. I was surprised because um, no, that's being cool. A, a really sh small character. He's like a pretty, that's very cool. Pretty busy, pretty active guy. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, those are who I had for the guest star system. Thank you. Very nice. Very thorough. Good. Uh, Billy finds himself outside the agency investigating the suspicious death of a former colleague that appears to be tied to a covert group of high tech thieves. Lee and Amanda help solve the case while Francine attempts to hold down things at the office. Very cute. And you even included Francine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course. Of course. Okay, so as always, the episode opens. Oh, that's a really pretty shot, though. Mm -hmm. See, you can see Jefferson lit up. Yeah. So the Jefferson Memorial is lit up in a lovely way. We see um, this is a facade. Actually, I think some of it's open. You can go in there, but it's very um, narrow. Oh, okay. Not very deep. That's on the ranch. And then we are in a room full of lots and lots of clocks. Yeah. <laughs> that would Time drive me crazy. Yep. 
because you would hear all of all that. of that, and then oh, some of them are like every hour they do like a chime thing. Oh, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to sleep with all that? My mother-in-law has um, a cuckoo clock mm-hmm. from from Europe, and hers when we, you spend the night there, that's all you hear, and all you hear is and you're like i'm gonna go crazy it's like um a dripping faucet you know that's all you can focus on anyways uh so this gentleman is setting his clock back Mm -hmm. and he sets it back just slightly it's not like it's daylight savings or anything he's clearly setting it for a specific reason and then he gets on what is normally the show's bad guy phone but we know this guy you know spoiler alert he's a good guy Mm -hmm. Right, but he's on. What do you mean a bad guy phone? Those those old fashioned phones. Every time they have somebody on one of those phones in here, it's a bad guy. Oh. So this is like the first time that an actual good guy uses it. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, for some reason they had these old those old fashioned looking phones, and um, they always the bad guys always using them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like a known thing. It's huh. weird. That and they love to drink tea. The bad guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we find out very quickly that. His name is Alan Aganey, and he's calling Billy, and he seems to be friends with Billy, or at least knows him quite well. And he tells him, uh, remember to mind your manners, Billy, which we know after the fact, because we've watched Stemwinder, that mind your manners means to go through and check all your, go through it by the book, you know, your your drops and, and go, you know, by the book on your codes and things like that. You know, so check all these things. Um, do your your usual rounds, right? right? So we know that later. We know that, but since we've seen the show a few million times, we can. To be honest with you, I that. did not remember. Um, I figured out that it was like a code, but I yeah. did not remember that it came from Stemwinder. Yeah, when when Billy and Lee are talking, mm-hmm. he says, "Mind your manners," and uh, he gave him a. Um, it was that way when they that way when they called the agency. Yeah, they um because they were recording it he could get the message to him gotcha. billy says okay i will i'm on my way it's kind of like a zulu blue kind of thing you know you hear it and you're like okay you know no questions asked i'm just gonna do this and so obviously this is somebody that billy trusts really well and um he's alan's waiting for him and somebody else comes into his his place and it's clearly not billy this guy's about six feet taller than Billy. Yep. And his, like, pure white hair. Pure, pure white. Yeah, I don't find him attractive at all. How about you? I do. Do you? I oh, I see. I don't. He's I, tall and blonde. The, and, like, he has, he has, the blonde just throws oh me right off. Oh, my God. Off. I love a blonde-haired man. I know. I just, I I just don't get it. Anyways, we find that this guy is not a good guy. One clearly obvious point is he's wearing leather gloves. True. Bad guys always wear leather gloves. Yep. Yeah. And he's got a briefcase that just um, sent electricity through yes. Mr. Allegheny's uh, yeah. chest. And that's uh, that, that's a that's naughty. A that's a naughty. You don't do that to somebody you like. Right. <laughs> nice people don't do send electricity <laughs> through people's bodies. <laughs> that's just a normal yep. thing. Shortly thereafter, it seems, because uh, now it's 8 o'clock on the uh hour there mm-hmm. that when billy comes in and oh no mr allegheny is taking a little nap yep. uh right by his typewriter he was writing so much and he just fell right asleep right 
Except for that gun. Except right. for the gun. Hand. Right. So Billy's checks for pulse and there obviously isn't one. And he touched the gun without a I know. or something. Or Billy, pencil. Yeah. Remind, right. Mind your manners, Billy. On the, the paper that's in the typewriter, it says it's on stationery from International Bank of New Hebron. And it states all in caps. So he's yelling it. Mm-hmm. I betrayed my country. The people of New Hebron deserve better. So clearly this is staged to look like he killed himself. Mm-hmm. He did not. And now Billy, being Mr. Detail, uh, sees that and hears the clock going off and it says seven o'clock. Yep. And we know it's previously he came in and it was eight o'clock. And Billy checks his watch on his friend and it says seven o'clock as well. So Billy's picks up that this is a message that he was trying to leave him. Mm-hmm. And which is very smart of Mr. Allegheny because now we know. Yeah. He wasn't going to make it. He might have had an inkling of that too, I guess. I don't know. Just in case, like a little safety thing. But Billy reaches in, goes right to it and feels right behind it and feels a piece of paper. He finds it and realizes that it's a code to the safe. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously been in this uh, in this office before because he goes right to it. Yep. So he must be a trusted source of Billy's or a good friend or mm-hmm. something. And he goes and opens the opens the safe. So Billy opens the safe up and finds an envelope, and then he puts it in his stuffs it in his pocket, mm-hmm. and then finds uh, a die, and it's just marked with one dot, dot on each side. And he says. Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> so he's familiar with this calling this, card, essentially. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a cool calling card. It is a cool calling card. Mm-hmm. Like unique for sure. How much a cyclops die? <laughs> <laughs> I know it'd be like you'd have to come up with a really cool calling card idea and yeah. then come up with the nickname that would match it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, this is my nickname, but uh, you know. <laughs> I don't I have an idea. This really cool one one dotted die. <laughs> what can what I could call my it? name be? <laughs> exactly. Also, I need to find a manufacturer who specializes in making one dotted die and making custom die. <laughs> and I need like mm, eight hundred of them so I can leave right. them every time I yeah. screw somebody over. Right. So in the script, okay, there's some funny parts in here based on this next scene. Okay. Starting to uh, in this next scene. First off, it is a shooting draft and it's dated September 16th, 1985. And you'll remember what Lexi told us. This aired in November of 85. Mm-hmm. So this is several months before. And uh, there's some really funny in the ways that we see filmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda is studying for a, a test. A test. Um, for an entry-level agent. Yep. So she's learning more and more about being an agent, which is cool, Mm -hmm. right? So we get little spatterings of this. But in the script, it's a little bit more thorough Mm -hmm. on uh, a little more detailed, I should say, on uh, the the quiz that she's, you know, she's quizzing Lee. And that's her way of studying kind of thing. Hmm. Um, So there's some different pieces in here. Amanda is studying in the way of asking Lee the questions and then Mm -hmm. him repeating them for her. Yeah. And she's like, right. (laughs) So instead of her trying to guess what they are, she's 
just having him do it, which I'm not sure if that really is helpful in yeah. helping her study, but maybe it is right. new way to do it. Like quiz your friends. Yeah. <laughs> or if she like internally, she's like, oh, I know this answer. Then he maybe gets it wrong. She maybe is like, oh, well, I know it. And Lee does it. Maybe. But that's just me, I guess, fan fiction internally <laughs> in my head. <laughs> so um, first off, uh, fashion thing. I, I'm not a big fan of his uh, jacket. I hate his jacket and the tie with it when he turns around. Yeah. It looks so... Like it's it's you know how Tim Gunn from Project Runway he's not from Project Runway but he was on yeah. Project Runway right he does those like crazy pattern mixings mm-hmm. even with his pocket square and mm-hmm. it like looks great I don't know if it's just like the tones it's, but it's like a polka dotted tie a white shirt and like a what's that kind of pattern like a checkered it's like but not really it's not though it's because it's really big almost like a gingham but that's not. what I was gonna say but it's not. Yeah. Well, it's like it's, it's like some, if a plaid yes. and a and a gingham had a baby. Yes, because they're they're very even, like but line. Like, yeah, tiny, even white lines uh, over like a yeah. tan camel colored coat. Yeah, almost. and a super boring color too. Yeah, not a big fan. Yeah. This is the season of like the taupes though. Yeah. They use a lot of taupes on both of them. I mean, look, they're mm-hmm. they're kind of color coordinated. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, you know, and I don't hate Amanda's outfit only no. because it, it doesn't hide her shape completely, like a lot yeah. of her outfits. Too. Yeah, so I'm okay with this. Like for an '80s outfit, good job. And I think her hair looks cute. Hair, yes, her. Hair I think is her adorable. hair's really cute. Yes, the bangs are fuller, mm-hmm. and but not in the '80s yeah. bouffant. You it's know? like pulled back up yeah. out of her face, and it looks soft and like just pretty. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it is kind of odd. I I don't know why they went through this phase. But who knows? I don't hate it as much as some things, but but yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it's not. It's I, just. I do like Amanda's. I like it on Amanda. Yes, I think it's cute. It's a, it's a kind of a nice feminine look, but maybe not on me. He looks better in like the blues and the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. darker colors. Mm-hmm. He, lo- he looks delicious in blue, as mm-hmm. Mr. Davenport would say. Yeah. He really does. So uh, Lee's getting uh, antsy. Amanda's just going through the questions. She doesn't really. She's not caring that Mr. Melrose is late. I'm sure she's thinking, oh, more study time. But right. Lee's getting a little nervous because as we learned in the third episode of the mm-hmm. first season with um, If Thoughts Could Kill, yep. Billy is super on time. He's very punctual. Yes. He's, you know, precise on everything. Mm-hmm. And something yeah. interesting, the director who directed If Thoughts Could Kill is the same one. So I wonder if he's like, oh, he's. That- using like that yeah oh yeah that that, um, that might be director. a trope for him in this like he probably remembered yeah. it and was like yeah we can use that maybe yeah james maybe. frawley that's the director yeah anyway you just mentioned it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah 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 maybe right. exactly that could be mm-hmm. so amanda's like oh yeah i guess you're right you know she's like you know he's probably just calling traffic or something and he's like yeah. no not billy the man who uses a stopwatch to steep his tea <laughs> And then Lee looks around the agency bullpen and finds a very scary looking stern man uh, with his hands steepled together. And just did a, a spin around in yes. the chair. And then nodded nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. And then Lee just like chases her off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, go down to operations. Maybe they have heard word from him. And she's like, okay. And he's like, I'll wait here. She's like, okay, you'll wait here. And then he leaves. And then then Lee goes to turn around to see where he went. And he can't find him. But he finds him in Billy's office then. Now, I want to take a second, though, 
Because in the script, when Amanda says that, so when when he says, "Go ahead, you leave. I'll stay. I'll stay here." She she says, "She goes. You'll just wait." And she quotes, "A senior agent shouldn't do something when a junior agent can do it for him." <laughs> and she starts for the bullpen doors. He and then Lee reacts and he says, "That's not in the book." And Amanda smiles back, acknowledging her joke as she exits. And then he turns. So it's kind of cute. And then this plays in a little bit later, too. Okay. There's more in uh, her quoting the manual. Hmm. Okay. That plays in. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Toward the end. So now this is our first chance to meet the nursery spouting jackass <laughs> that is the head of the agency. Uh, and this is not what they call. They actually call him uh, the head of covert operations. Uh, Dr. Smith, Austin Smith, and he is one little cheeky bastard. He he kind of has like a barrel chest, doesn't he? And yeah. it, I mean, obviously now that we when we met him at the 35th, he was very, um, you know, much, much older, obviously, mm-hmm. and kind of smaller and more frail. But uh, he he's kind of like big chested. He's definitely shorter. Yeah. Than than uh, I feel like a lot of that Lee, is shovel. But- elbow or um shoulder pads but yeah you think maybe i just i'm thinking right here like in the chest area he just looks Mm -hmm. bigger you know i mean which makes sense i mean he's 90 some years old now and Mm -hmm. you know back then he was probably in his this he would have been 50 late 50s 60 if he was born in 27 27 okay like 60s almost 70 right no is that math no 87 oh 60 yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah you're right yeah so then 59 he would have been like 59 yes yeah What'd you say, Jen? I was just saying that it's funny how this character kind of contrasts with him in real life. Yeah. Character is just so like he reminds me of the Smoky Man in. Um, yes. X-Files. Yes. Yes. <laughs> didn't <do> <laughs> no, we didn't, but yes, he does. <laughs> um. But yeah, he's just so sweet in person. He yeah. is so I, sweet. This is his job, and he's a good actor at being. Yeah. He so, is. But gosh, I hope he got hazard pay for taking all those cigarettes, man. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Maybe he actually smoked. Maybe. And it was that just could like be. a perk of the job. Ugh. Like they were calling for someone who was open to smoking. He's like, I'm a smoker. I can do <laughs> Let's <it."> do this. <laughs> Maybe. I was bored for this role. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an intimidation thing a little bit. Oh, you know? for sure. Could be. Maybe they wrote it, yeah. Especially, you know, in... in uh, next season where he's just like puffing right in their faces it's so like amanda's like (laughs) yeah you know Mm -hmm. probably now i do like i'm gonna say this i do like his suit i think the color's nice and i love that pop of purple oh now we should have had that suit on mr boxleitner and then that on mr natwick yeah yeah i really like byron's outfit for oh, sure. it looks so nice with the yeah. white collar. He's got the white tip collar. Change the head. Yeah. Change well, no, the body needs to be changed too. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. No, but that suits the way. It's very nice. Yeah. And I love the pop of purple and the tie in the in the pocket square. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I'm afraid Lee's going into his bad dressing period here. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's although it's the, the jeans tote. he wears later in this episode. Mm. Bound chicka bow wow. <laughs> Let's just get back to there. <laughs> I don't like the high waisted ones, so I, I hope they're, they're not high waisted. I don't think they're that high waisted. Okay. Some jeans look fine, mm-hmm. and some of his jeans do not look fine. So I don't know which version you're. About. They're like dad jeans in some of them. That's yeah. usually that's pretty much if I remember correctly. That's like fourth season 
dad yeah. dad jeans is fourth season we'll <laughs> yes we will dr smith is telling lee about billy going rogue and lee's not having any of it he's like come on he's been you know riding that desk way too long for that right. and he said you know um Dr. Smith is like, he's trying to prove somebody killed a banker friend of his, Alan Aganey. And, and then Lee, of course, knows. He's like, yeah, isn't he with New Hebron? And uh, he's like, yeah. Dr. Smith is adamant that this isn't any of the agency's business. And he has he doesn't want Billy out there. And he needs to get pulled in. And he's about to be clipped. You know, he's going to be, you know, um, sent probably forced into retirement or something. You know, if he doesn't get his stuff together, if he doesn't mm-hmm. get back in. So he's... Being nice, which we rarely see. I mean, this is obviously the first time we meet Dr. Smith. So we don't know how much of a bastard he really is going to turn out to be later. Right. Although some people think he's, you know, and rightfully uh, a bastard and not really, you know, he's just doing his job, which I think he gets a little too much joy out of other people's misery. He seems like a sadist. Yes. Through and through. Yeah. Like he finds joy in other people's troubles or misery yeah. or pain. Definitely. Or, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and like even like uh, when he gives gift certificates in, in Santa's got a brand new bag yeah. in season four. It's like it's, you know, almost a chore for him to be nice <laughs> and do that. You know, really what what's happening is Dr. Smith is being somewhat human. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is. Oh, here he goes puffing on the cigar or c- cigarette. Uh, and he's telling informing Lee of this so that Lee can uh pretty much go find Billy and pull him in, rein him in and save his job, essentially. And uh, so Lee finds out from Dr. Smith that uh, apparently Allegheny committed suicide Mm -hmm. the night before and doesn't seem to believe that at all. And he has a really like succinct way of talking. Like that's just very, yes. Like Myron really acted Oh, yeah, he did great. Really, really well. Like, I mean, I I don't know. It just really. Well, I was going to say that I think it's good that they brought in an adversary again within the agency. Yes. Billy's so nice. (laughs) Yeah. He's always on their side, and they kind of need somebody to, you know. Fill that role, so it was a good move for sure. And and it's more reflective of probably what's actually in those types of agencies like that, like yeah. the CIA. And they're not all warm and fuzzy like Billy at all. You know, they're more hard ass and ba- you know, mm-hmm. bit bit of a bastard. You know, right. yeah. And there's black and there's white. There's no gray mm-hmm. to these kind types of people. You know. Yeah. So uh, Dr. Smith explains that Allegheny's Bank, New Hebron, was one of the agency's credit banks. And uh, they use it to, you know, move around operational funds abroad. So, um, you know, covert operations and things like that. So he goes, now the bank president kills himself. As long as it's a police matter, it's not our concern. But we can't get caught up in it when the bank examiners descend. Lee's pretty much being given carte blanche a little bit, but off the record. So if he gets caught, they don't, you know, he's he's going rogue too kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So... But he's only giving him 48 hours to, to bring Billy in and, and figure this all out. Mm-hmm. So he's got to do it all by himself and he has to go without agency help. So hmm, who could help him? Yeah. I Why wonder. do they have to go so rogue? Because if it's, one of the, if it's one of their banks that they use. I mean, they didn't well, it's probably that. because like, that it's because they're involved in some way, you know. But they're a secret agency. It's like if they need to investigate their bank they should do it you know you know covertly but 
they have ages to do it. <laughs> Figure out what's going on, you know? Which I guess, I guess he's telling them to go ahead and do, but I just didn't know why it could be more of a... He has to do it, like, unofficially, you know? On an official basis, in a way. Dr. Smith is giving him two days to figure this out. And Dr. Smith is definitely not pleased with Billy. He's saying, you know, he's got too many secrets to be going rogue like this. And uh, Lee's like, well, hey, he was going, you know, to help a friend, you know, and he's like, it doesn't matter. You you can't do that when you're, you know, when you're an agent. Uh, and then Amanda's coming down, apparently coming back from operations with her little tennis on. <laughs> and uh, Francine's bringing a whole bunch of files and drops some and Amanda helps her. They're like wearing a, a similar outfit. Yeah, they, like they actually are. Opposite twins. Yeah. It's like light, medium, you know, kind of lightish, and then dark. Light, mm-hmm. dark. It's weird. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. This is where Francine's particularly snarky, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she totally is. She's like, you know. Extra bodies around here. Yeah. Amanda was asking where Billy was, and sh- and then Francie's like, "Why he encourages the spy fantasy of yours? I really will never fathom." Yeah. And she even when Amanda was literally bending down to pick yeah. up him, she's like, "Don't look at these; these are classified." And she's like, "I'm not looking at them." Francine. I'm just helping like, you, like, geez, chill kidding? out. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> she goes, "Why don't you just check out? Because we don't need any superfluous bodies around here." She's like, oh, "What? She's like, geez." Like, she's channeling her inner, like, oh, yeah. wait, let it go. She's having a rough she's, day. She's probably thinking, well, bless her heart. Yeah. <laughs> she's probably super stressed and she has to be in charge now. Yeah, but <laughs> still. But still, that was crappy way of how she treated her. Yeah. You know what kind of boss you would be. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, we get we get that for sure. So now we're skipping to now Canon. Uh, and Canon, uh, we know uh, later, is Cyclops. And he, I'm not, I can't figure out where, what his accent is, but he's very funky looking. Yeah, he's, he's pretty strange. I swear I know him from somewhere, but I cannot place it. And um, maybe it was some show like, you know, MacGyver or A.T. It could like be. That. He's got that baddie kind of look yeah. to him. Yeah. Just a natural. <laughs> like we have, you know, rest, we always joke we have resting bitch face. He just has that resting bad guy face. <laughs> he seems like he's from like Australia, New Zealand or something. Yeah, like something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's in a big old swanky office, and he's got a very scary-looking like uh, bodyguard lady uh, that's sitting there, and he gets to play with his little die. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then we jump over to uh, Billy's office, and Amanda's playing spy, which I'm sure is very obvious to anybody that looks. <laughs> they can see her like peeking right. out. It's so obvious. And she's on the lookout for Francine coming in because Lee's using it to call Jeannie Melrose Mm -hmm. to see if she's heard from Billy and just kind of checking in and kind of keeping her at ease, which is very nice. That's a sweet guy. And uh, he didn't get any information from her. But then she's like, she's coming. So then they jump down. He jumps and sits in the uh, at the edge of the desk Mm -hmm. and um, pretends that they're just studying for her Amanda's test. And she's like, this is my office. She goes, oh, we're just studying. She goes, no test today. And she's like, Mr. Melrose has the flu. She goes, Amanda's like, the flu. Oh, oh, too bad. I'm so sorry. I'm glad there's no test, though. (laughs) And then she starts her rambling. (laughs) He's like, get out of here, Amanda. (laughs) You know, she was super prepared and would have gotten like 100%. So. Oh, exactly. Nothing, probably nothing to worry about. Right. Well, that's the little treat at the end from the script, Jen. Wait till oh, you okay. you get a little little something from that. So, 
Yeah, no. Amanda and Lee seem to have divided, divided and conquered, and they're like both looking into some things. And then they meet up in the hallway, and it's so cute. She like fixes his tie for him. I love that. I think that's so cute. He just is like, grab it. Amanda comes in and says that uh, she pulled some of the files coming in uh, from the calls last night, and Billy got one from Alan Ganey uh, in the evening. And it wasn't much of a conversation. He just said, mind your manners, Billy. And then um, they that they got to meet. Lee realizes that that's, uh, he knows that that's code. Um, it means to follow up your recognition codes, mail drops, and so on to the T. So he's trying to figure out, piece together why Allegheny needed to meet with Billy. And then they can figure that out then they you know can get a jump on it and then she's like well we can and he goes no this is not a we case this is a me case oh when has it ever been a me case there buddy (laughs) and she goes well we could use a little enthusiasm now (laughs) he goes it could be very dangerous oh yeah it's always dangerous leave her alone she's gonna help you you know it helps you and she makes a good case. So. Yep. Yeah. And and she, he's like, I'm supposed to be unofficial. She goes, look, who could be more unofficial than me? And then he's just sitting there like, ah, oh, shit, she's got me there. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes in. She goes, it's true. <laughs> he goes, you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, we are now in front of the what is supposedly the New Hebron Bank. And Lee is Lee Stimson. <laughs> yeah. And Amanda is Amanda Keen, I think. She's added a little jacket. That's that little soft pink jacket's cute. Yeah. With the outfit. It's cute. Breaks up all that beige. Yeah, right? The two of them. Right. The blondie. Mm-hmm. Lexi's new boyfriend. No, my new boyfriend. Uh, he comes down and he's acting all suave and everything. He's saying he's uh, filling in uh, since uh, Mr. Allegheny's passed away. And then Billy's outside as a worker. Yep. I, I mean, he is not hidden well because you can see his chin from a mile away. I know, right? Like, <laughs> you know that's him. <laughs> so where do we know the blind guy from? Is he playing in another Us and K episode? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Really? No. Nope. Now they're pretending they're from the bank auditor from the Federal Board of Bank Examiners. So he's Lee Stimson. And apparently Amanda doesn't have a name. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so now they're grabbing, uh, this allows them to get any of the files that they they want so that they can start digging in and finding out what's going on, Mm -hmm. which is good. He's like pretty much laying it on a little too thick, if you ask me. And he's saying uh, that, you know, he he, that was his friend, like Allegheny is his friend, but he's not going to like take one for the team kind of thing. If he was embezzling, you know, like he's already setting them up like pre- dispositioning them to buy into the fact that he did something illegal when we all know he didn't you little turkey he's like i am i pulled the entire loan register the 601s filed with the federal reserve the electronics cash transfer flow chart she goes he goes where would you like to be and she goes oh how about the 601s and he goes the 601s i thought you would have you know wanted the ect she goes those two (laughs) it's i like how she kind of jumps in and like jumps like she she seems way conf- more confident than obviously yeah. is. She has no idea what those she are. Let little things trip her yeah, up. which is good. The old Anna would have been like screwed that up somehow, you know? That's really cool. But she looks so pretty there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like, he was a personal friend. Oh, really? Do you kill all your personal friends there, Blondie? He looks better there. You know who he kind of reminds me of? Who? Um, the guy who had the sister 
Oh, Alan. Well, yeah, Alan Chamberlain. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I could. The eyes are similar. Like the even the nose and like the mouth area. Yeah, I can see it. He's definitely longer, and his face is longer, and his body's longer than than Alan's. But I can see what you're saying. Yeah. He leaves them, and then jumps in his really cheesy car. Did you guys see it? It's like special edition. Uh, it's like, it's, look on the, is it here or the other one? It says, no, it's like engraved on the door. It says special edition. Later we'll see it. it it's very obvious and it's really cheesy. Yeah. But they used to do that in the 80s. Yeah, very. I have to have a cool label on my Yes, because I have to let everybody know I paid extra. This is a special edition. <laughs> so he goes, leaves the bank. And doesn't realize he's being followed by uh, the bank, quote, bank examiners. And he goes to the building that we know Kanan's in, uh, which is uh, Cyclops. And he uses some special key and can get into a floor that the average Joe can't, it seems. And so Lee and Amanda are watching and they see that it goes to the penthouse. So they're going to go up and, and follow up after him and and see what where he's going that's kind of a cool idea it is kind of cool it's like a I hidden floor that. yeah no actually i read a fan fiction not in scarecrow mrs king but where someone was trapped in a penthouse like that she they couldn't get out because no one knew about the floor oh wow <laughs> it's, it's like an interesting story and yeah, i, I uh, saw this one i'm like have you ever seen um, Being John Malkovich? Oh my God, it's so good. It's really bizarre, but it's really good. It's a really good movie. But um, there's a floor and it's in between. It's like a half floor mm-hmm. and it's in between. And there a whole story goes on in there. It's really cool. It's an interesting show, uh, movie, but it that's it's kind of a hidden floor. It just reminded me of it. Yeah. Uh, so Zorbell comes in and said he has some expect- unexpected business at the bank, you know, and he's like, you know, don't worry about it. Kanan's asking him, you know, are we in trouble? You know, is this going to come back and bite us? And he's like, no, it's, it's, it's fine. He's kind of covering his tracks saying, you know, I didn't do anything. It wasn't my, it wasn't my doing. Uh, he just bumped into it. It's, it's no big deal. I can take care of it kind of thing. And then Lee comes off the elevator to the penthouse and he's talking with a salesperson who's trying to sell the place. And he's like, oh, well, um, my colleague that just came up a few minutes before, she's like, no, no one's been up here all day. So obviously he's not on the right floor or that woman's lying. But but Daisy, that's an interesting name for that lady. She does not look like a delicate flower no, to me at all. Like she, she's quite um, big and handsome. <laughs> Obviously, Zorbell's like, uh oh, because he's like, that's a bank examiner guy. And it's like, yeah, obviously, he's not a bank examiner guy. They don't like follow you. So Kanan's threatening him and he's saying, you know, I, I hired you to steal a billion dollars. You better not screw this up, kind of thing, or else you're going to be the one dead. Which, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, what about him? Zorbell is asking him and he goes, hey, you brought him. He, you know, you brought, brought, brought this guy upon you you know so you deal with them kind of thing daisy seems quite pleased with that yes daisy's gonna go with him to make sure it gets done yeah amanda's on the phone with her mother and she's like no i won't miss rip van winkle oh but you will and then uh lee comes and he's like come on come on come on she's like all right mother i have to go 
mother okay bye-bye and she goes was he up there and he goes no she goes he goes you didn't see him she goes no he's like he's still up there so they know he's up there somewhere he got off somehow but they watched the floors go but then he just came off and amanda pulls him aside okay come on we'll lose her easy easy he's probably just heading back to the bank right i want to take a look at his apartment okay you grab a cab get on back to the agency you take my computer key card and you start tracking down who owns this building uh leases parent companies you know this is what always happens i always have to go back to the agency we've got to divide the workload i agree with you let's divide the workload you follow the paper trail and i'll follow zorbel you think you can break into zorbel's place no well call me a cab you're a cab thank you that is my entry my first entry into the wonderful one-liners and each of them had a wonderful one line so it's two lines for the price of one nice so this was this is mine Mm -hmm. yeah for what did we decide to call it wonderful one-liners nope arlington's finest oh for oh sorry yes for the arlington finest awards correct Mm -hmm. yes i just love that and obviously i loved it so much i created my website yeah call me a cab based Mm -hmm. off that which has really ticked off a lot of cab drivers because cab cab owner cab company owners i should say i've gotten a couple offers to buy the site and i'm like Mm -hmm. not happening you don't even know how much money i've invested in this dang thing (laughs) And I am not changing it now, my friend. Yeah, you've got to offer me a lot more money than that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't think I would even sell it, even if it was a lot of money. Really? Yeah, I really wouldn't. I, I like it so much. I think it's just a, such a cute little thing mm-hmm. where she's just like, call me a cab because you're a cab. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just so dry. You know, it's just so quick-witted. Yeah. I love that. I think that's adorable. So Amanda comes back to the agency because she's doing what she was told. And Francine's hot on her tail, yep. like literally. You're back? Just passing through Francine. So I've always thought. Listen, have you seen Lee? I haven't seen him all morning. Francine, I can honestly say that at this moment, I do not know precisely where Lee is. Amanda. Honestly. Amanda. Honestly. Listen to me, I have debriefed seven of the KGB's top men, all right? The cleverest liars on the face of this earth. I can tell when somebody is speaking the truth from a mile away. Francine, do I look like a clever liar? And you should be able to tell I'm telling the truth. Oh. Look at Amanda. She's like, she's just like, I need to, like, I'm telling the <laughs> Please, Lord, Lord just right help now. me get through this and not kill this woman. Yes. Well, look how much taller she is, though, too. Mm-hmm. Amanda, I thought Amanda was in tennis shoes. Francine is just bringing it. She it really is. She is just snarky as hell. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, Francine's a little snarky in the, okay, Francine's a lot snarky in this, but I'll yes. tell you what, Amanda held her own, girl. Yep. She held it the whole time. Yep. It makes it fun. It totally makes it fun. I love it. They're just adorable. So Lee has now um, gone to Zorbel's apartment, which is on the same strip as everything else that we've ever gone and saw mm-hmm. uh, at Scarecrow Land. This is on the strip where Harry V. Thornton's office is, where the uh, Vanderhoosens hide out in Stemwinder. It's all in that same area. So he is there and Lee realizes, because he's so keen on details himself, that uh, it's wired uh, for security. And so he has some little gadget. I don't know what that exactly does, but it kind of looks like a little stick pin or something. A heavy duty one. Yeah, doesn't it? And he like pierced it and then stuck it to the wall. So, and then like put some electric current thing on it. 
Well, he's piercing the rubber part of it to get to the wire. Oh, gotcha. To like yeah, stop. Mm-hmm. Stabber. Yeah. And then okay, he connects he it. He's so pleased with himself. He's like, I'm so smart. I'm a suave agent. Like, I just did that. And then he, he connects it to the to the outside lamp there. So yeah. it like short circuits it, mm-hmm. essentially. And then he gets in there. Which the place with that painted door and then the wood, it looks off to oh, me no. it looks really bad With that like center painted yeah logo. like all it should all be wood yep yeah there was like there was a time in the 80s where i don't know if it's just the 80s but those um chair rails yeah they were like, everywhere and yeah different colors i hated it yeah but i don't i don't care for that it, but... it it's a you know the be- wood's beautiful you shouldn't paint it like that you know yeah but um, he he goes right to work in Zorbel's uh, desk and and finds a, a like a ledger and he's going through it and then Billy scares the crap out of him and jumps out from behind the curtain. He's like, "You're not even gonna take any casing pictures. <laughs> you want to leave him a note that you were here." And uh, he he pulls out and he's like, "Well, don't worry, I already took the pictures," kind of thing. And he covered the lens, which is a good thing too. So Lee's saying, "Hey, I've come to take you back. You you know you you gone rogue and Doctor Smith's gonna." kick your butt kind of thing and then he says he has a nice spot Mm -hmm. Hmm, that's overstatement so billy explains he left him a note with some notes on what he found um and it looks like a big league bank robbery maybe a billion dollars which a billion dollars now is huge but can you imagine back in the 80s that's like unfathomable just when like funds were really starting to move a lot electronically so it was probably very timely right topic for sure I know. Well, I don't. I don't move around a billion dollars, but you might, Jen. <laughs> How about you, Lex? Do you? Yeah, ninety percent, ninety-five percent of my stuff I do electronically. You know, mm-hmm. there's a few things that they don't. So, yeah, very true. Hell, even my taxes. I I uploaded all my documents. I didn't have to send them out to my CPA. You know, I just right. uploaded them to a secure site. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So Lee's like, Bank of New Hebron can't carry that cash. And he's like, it's not, it's all of them there. It's, it's involving satellites. So um, those are all new things too, really, uh, for the 80s. Microwave transmissions, mm-hmm. international electronic cash transfers. He's like, high tech? He's like, who can do that? And then he pulls out the die and he's like, a single dot on every side? Yes, Lee, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes, it's a fancy kind of calling card for Cyclops. <laughs> wouldn't it be fun to work in their like yeah. uh their what do you call it the props department yeah. you know that'd be so fun that. <laughs> that would be awesome to be able to create that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that'd be awesome i'd make two of everything so i could keep one <laughs> <laughs> you know i would yeah. one for me and one, one for, for the show <laughs> <laughs> wow our, our our production budget almost doubled <laughs> How did that happen? Oh, I don't it costs know. twice as much as you think it does right. <laughs> <laughs> Taya, why do you have that big storage unit? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Look over here. Look at all the stuff that's done. <laughs> Look at all the things I made. <laughs> um, so he's trying to pull Billy in, and Billy's not having it. He's yeah. it, this is obviously a very close friend of his, and he is bound and determined to find out the real thing that happened and, mm-hmm. and you know save his friend's uh, reputation. Yeah. And Billy's like, Cyclops is real. It's deadly. It killed Alan Ganey, and I want my revenge. 
so See, intense. it's not about revenge, Billy, though. It's about justice. Right. So you can tell he's a rogue, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, Lee's not paying attention. And someone comes in and clobbers him right over the head. Zorbel hits him over the head, which that's not going to feel good later. Nope. Now, it's sweet, though, because Billy's like, hey, leave him, let him live, and I'll, I'll go peacefully kind of thing. Which he would have shot him dead, don't you think? If he was, if he was thorough, for sure. Yeah. This is like rookie bad, bad yeah. move number yeah. one. Especially don't, don't, don't uh, leave anyone alive. Especially don't leave the, the hot shot agent. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he's like scarecrow, scarecrow, like clearly this guy's an agent, like take him out. Yeah. And he, and he's already met him under false pretenses. Right. So like take him the frick out. And you had the orders from. Yeah. Like, from Kanan. Kanan or yeah. Kanan, whatever the hell his name yeah. is. Yeah. Like take that guy out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, this isn't suspicious at all. No, not at all. Hey, buddy, come mm-hmm. here. So, okay. So watch what he gets in the car. Cause then mm-hmm. we're going to see the stupid special edition on the door. Oh, we're supposed to. Yeah, there we go. 39. Special oh, edition. No. 39 that is so dumb isn't that, that looks like cheesy like stickers i know <laughs> it's so Ew. cheesy yeah maybe maybe that's number 39 of those special edition There's ones or something place to put it in on the driver's <laughs> side door isn't that awful yeah. why don't you just put your name on there too zorbel right. zorby yeah <laughs> now this is this is stupid i don't understand why he does this mm-hmm. He comes out of there all disoriented. And then he's like, excuse me, miss, miss. Did you see two guys? And then all of a sudden, badass Daisy comes out and she's going to shoot his ass. There's your hunter car, Mm -hmm. Jen. Yeah, I noticed that when I watched this. Yeah. Yeah. They probably borrowed it from that show. Yeah. Okay, so she has to be a, a stunt double. I mean, a stunt a person anyways because the actress itself is just like really going to town on this and yeah. she's got very good skills you know yeah not to mention she's quite beefy and she's kicking his ass yep. <laughs> so she yeah. she night kicks night. his butt right into the the, the mm-hmm. empty truck there the van in the back there yeah poor lee's got his but head kicked in and why she wouldn't have killed him she already tried that, to exactly him. he's locked in a thing go get your gun and bam 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 yeah what the hell is wrong with she's probably thinking guys? just get out of here maybe he I was guess. too much for her or something you know and she's yeah, lucky she got it so yeah. yeah he's gotta be sore yeah you think <laughs> he just got his butt kicked his by two butt people yeah <laughs> So um, she's like, hey, you know, you can't blame yourself kind of thing because he's feeling guilty about Billy getting caught. But she's like, hey, look at she goes first of all. Ha ha ha. I found the extra floor. She's like, we counted 40 floors, right? He's like, yeah, the blueprints registered with the fire department. These are all the numbers show that there were 41. So there's a hidden floor. Yeah. So there's a hidden floor. So they know it now. Now they're going to have to go back to find it. Yeah, but I love how she finds, she figures this out. She's like, uh, she goes, all these fake corporations. And he's like, looking at her like, how do you know that? She's like, it was from that uh, a book I read. <laughs> Love's Fatals. Oh, was it her mother's? But how would from she know? Mom's, from her mom's romance novels. That's what she said. Right? But yeah, how does she, she would have had to read them. Yeah, she probably just picked it up because it was around the house. 
Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So you don't have to. So it has to be her. She goes, hadn't been for Love's Fatal Flaw. He goes, Love's Fatal Flaw. She goes, one of those romance novels my mother she reads. It's, yeah, it's she totally does. Book. I'm not reading <laughs> it. Yeah, even he's like. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, the main character was this guy who tricked women and their daughters and their daughters and he seduces them. <laughs> he goes, she goes, uh, but he was in real estate. And that's how I got most of my clues. <laughs> So the building's owned by Charles Kanan, so we know who he is, Mr. Cyclops himself. And uh, she spelled it for him, and he's like, doesn't ring any bells for me, but it might for TP. And she's like, who's TP? So now we get to meet TP, um, T. Percival Aquinas. Mm-hmm. She gets to meet him, because we yes. already met him. Yes, she, you're right. Yeah. She, yes, in our order, she gets she gets to meet him now, mm-hmm. right. And he taught at for the agency organizational conspiracy. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. This is such a weird shot. It totally is. Um, I distinctly remember it later, and he's okay. like, I'll, "I'll point it out when I like." <laughs> You'll hear her go around, chicka bow around, meow. Yeah. I think Daisy's like really pretty. Oh yeah, she's like, so yeah. pretty. She's got like really good mm-hmm. bone structure for sure. Yeah. She's just. I'm saying she's just kind of beefy. Like she's big. I mean, her shoulders are really broad, like muscular. I don't mean like fat. I mean, she's like, you can, she's got a build. Hmm. I bet you she took off her jacket and her arms would be cut, you know? Uh, So now we're, they've got Billy and he's just mumbling incoherently and they give him Zybilium and, and uh, he wants him to increase it. And he's like, it'll kill me. He's like, increase it now. It's like, okay, (laughs) better him than me. That is a tight French braid. She's a rigid woman. She is very saying. rigid. That is the tightest French braid I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Look at his little pot belly. It's yeah. <laughs> so cute. Poor Billy. <laughs> He's so cute. No, it's not. It's a good thing. No, him like passed oh. out. Oh, poor Billy. I thought yeah. you meant him because I was teasing him. Oh, oh no, no, I no. gotcha. Mm-mm. I gotcha. No, I, for his situation. Yeah, yeah. So Amanda's playing checkers with TP. So they're already hitting it off, which is cute. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's worried he's going to get beat, but then he ends up kicking butt. He's like, forget about the checkers. So he's he's learning about Cyclops. He's like, I could filibuster uh, you into the next week. She goes, she goes, could you hit the highlights? It's a code name for one of the most powerful and secret criminal organizations in the Western Hemisphere. It was founded here in Washington in the mid-50s. Six members replaced only in the event of death, natural or otherwise. <laughs> All whom share one common trait, a voracious appetite for money and power. And then she's, so I was thinking, I kept saying he's Cyclops, but like TP says here, he's like the name, he goes, Mr. Kanan, he goes, very goodly, my boy, Mrs. King. He's like, she's saying he he owns Omega Resources. Is he involved in Cyclops? And he says, Involved, he goes, if Cyclops was the devil himself, Mr. Charles Kanan would be his black heart. <laughs> that Damn. is very well written and very descript. Yep. And Amanda just got her butt kicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so cute. Look at his little dimple. I know. Uh-oh. He's adorable. Uh-oh. Too much adorableness in this episode with Billy and I know. For her. it being kind of like a like a meh episode, it's got some really good lines. It, it's a meh. That's what we were saying yeah. earlier. It's a meh episode because you're like, yeah. oh, it's not anything like really crazy, right? But yeah. It's got some really great writing in it. Yeah. The, the the one earlier that I've already mm-hmm. uh, submitted yeah. for my award. It's got, I mean, 
you get to meet TP yep. for us. You get to meet um, Dr. Smith. I mean, it's just yeah. all these little things. And it's easy to forget about this this um, episode. You know, yeah. it kind of just kind of like their outfits earlier. The yeah. blah. You know, it's kind of blah. But then there's just some little, oh, as always, but even more so, there's just like some really cute nuggets in here. Yeah. yeah. You know? I do like it. I like Amanda and Lee in it. I think they're both very balanced. And the last time I talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like their, they're, they're like back to their normal selves. So I like them in it. So I like it. Yeah, I, I like it. I just, I think it's easy to forget about it. It's kind of like a blah, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's just the normal, you know, there was, it's not like um burnout where you, we all remember that. It's yeah. not um brunettes are in. It's, it's not. that I gravitate towards for a yeah. Right. No, mm-hmm. I wouldn't think about it, but it is. It is. It does have some really good writing in it and yeah. some really sweet and cute moments. Yep. Like the high five thing coming up, you know, stuff like that. It's cute. So Amanda's saying, you know, if the Cyclops, if this is as dangerous as they say, then, you know, maybe we should get some help. And he's like, he goes, we can't. We're we're on our own. She goes, I'm on my own. She goes, oh, no, no, no. You still need me. He goes, Amanda, listen, this is what I don't like. Okay. I don't like this. This is very demeaning to her. She goes, you need me. You really, you really need me. And he goes, Amanda, listen, just listen to me. You know, you're lucky. You guess at answers and you use your in- your intuition, but it'll take more than a sixth sense to take care of Cyclops and get to the hidden floor. Like, he, she, it's like he's saying she's lucky and she just guesses at things. I don't like that. That is not. She uses deductive reasoning and and goes with her gut and she's good. Like, don't I demean mean, that. Like 53 instances in at this point of her yes like supposed quote-unquote luck like at that no she knows thank you she clearly uses her logical mind to the betterment of the agency but also for him saving him exactly he's the brawn and she's the brain not that he's not smart too but like it's not luck he doesn't he misses yes you know because he's focused on on the mission and she's like wait we need to take in everything exactly and did you pick up on this did you pick up on that kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah but i'll disagree only because okay (laughs) you know i love amanda but i think he is being a little realistic that it can get it can get gnarly i mean guns and real fighting right but she's she's proved herself by now she's been there the entire way with him I just don't like how he's demeaning. Yeah. He's saying that you're, it's just, you're lucky. You know, you're, you've been lucky yeah. so far. You guess it. Okay. You can be lucky and guess at things and be maybe 60% of the time. Right. She's right. Like 95% of the time, dude, you know, but that's not luck. In the end, he, re- he she says, I'll give you intuition and you do the rest. Right. He recognizes that that's an important trait of hers. Yes. But I, I don't know. I just, her. it, it kind of ticked me up a little bit. I didn't, Well, she's done it with hairspray. She's done it with whipped cream. She's done it with uh, lamp. She's done it with, I mean, I can keep going if you want, but I mean, so I don't think she's like helpless. She's supposed to be doing it with hairspray and whipped cream. Right. But realistically, 
in the world. That's not how it works. I know. And, you know, I think, well, I think he's being a little stupid. I think he still appreciates her talents. I mean, she always has to press, but I agree. She, she sees things he doesn't, and he's starting to recognize that. But at the same time... It I just seems a little condescending and yeah. demeaning. I think he recognizes they're facing something pretty daunting. For sure. I mean, this guy's a bad... I mean, this guy's really bad. Zorbel's not great, but that canon guy's really... Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't have even had Cannon's name if she didn't find it. Yeah. I, I do like... She says, okay, look, I'll supply the six cents you get on the hidden floor. Equal partners. Mm-hmm. I like that. She goes, sounds like a plan. <laughs> she just goes right into the car and he just <laughs> smiles. Him, he's so cute. He is cute. So Are those rude, the gene moments so that you like? No, it's later oh, okay. on. It's later in the episode. All right. All right. I'm looking forard to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in a room full of <laughs> a, lot of test, a, a lot of testosterone, a lot of white men talking and smoking cigars and, and Daisy. And Daisy. And Daisy. That is cool. Look how thick that thing is, too. I bet you that was a pretty penny. Yeah. If you had a family of six, that would be perfect. <laughs> That's a little <laughs> fancy. <laughs> That's a fancy table. I like how they get on the elevator here. This is another one of those moments where you have some really cute dialogue with them. Yeah. It's, you know, she's like, you sure you can get any of yours? I don't know. And she goes, sure you can. You were the only fraternity fraternity guy you could get into the back door of the Kappa house in 10 seconds. He goes, I told you that? She goes, yeah, I was a Kappa. <laughs> Which, actually, Kate was a Kappa hmm. when she was in college. She goes, yeah, I told you that. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you did. So... He hot, pretty much hot wires the elevator and gets them to uh, to that hidden floor, yep. which I love this next scene. It's so adorable. And I think I'm, I might, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to nominate this next scene. I love it. I do. I'm going to use, I'm going to use it on this one uh, for the finest awards. Um, this is my first, I believe. It might be my second. Oh, I might be using it up, but you know what? Damn it. It's worth it. The scene in the elevator when she comes off. So this will be, this is a best Lee and Amanda moment. Mm-hmm. I think this is my second and last vote, but okay. I- I'll take it. Okay. I, this is really cute. Because hopefully you guys will pick some ones that I like to later. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she comes off the elevator and, and a guard's like, hold it right there. She's like, oh, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And she goes, another human being. I've been stuck in that thing for what must have been hours. Going up and down, up and down, up and down. I got on the six just to zip up to seven and borrow a little coffee from purchasing. And that thing ran away with me up and down, up and down, up and down. I love that. He goes, what? She goes, what floor is this? He goes, doesn't make matter what floor this is. How did you get up here? She's like, like, go ahead, go see for yourself. I pushed the button. And she stands there like you're about to get your ass handed to you, dude. And Lee kicks him in the face. And then they just high five. I think that's the cutest. Or low five. They that's slap hands. Cool. But I love that. I think that's super cute. Mm-hmm. It's it's partnership at its best. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're back with the testosterone brothers around their octagon table. <laughs> Is it octagon? Maybe it's a... What's the six? Hexagon. Hex, uh, it's a hexagon. Yeah, I think it's a hexagon. Ugh. Could they be any whiter or older? Yes, right. All of them. Yep. Rich bastards. Mm-hmm. So Zorbel goes over the plan with them, how they're going to use the satellites to redirect the money to them instead of where it's supposed to go in the morning. Uh, and they have a precise time that they have to do it. And he's explaining the whole process to them. And they're counting all their billion, their millions of dollars. And this moment's cute, too. Mm-hmm. This whole thing's really cute. So I should be able to do it the whole time. But 
Oh yeah, he. Oh, he was in. Um, he was also okay. Hold on. So he, the guard, was also the KGB agent that's chasing Lee in the first time when they're being chased by the uh, oh, by really? the train station. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the guard guys. No way. Yeah. Yeah, this is the stunt guy. That, yeah. Um, like based on his face. Yeah. Um, so they must have used him several times because I recognize yeah. that mug. Oh. Okay. So when they knocked uh, the guy out at the elevator, yeah. they took his guard uniform mm-hmm. and Lee dressed up as him. And then he pulls Amanda's arm back and she's like, oh, please. That's mm-hmm. so funny. And then they run down, you know, uh, head down toward the desk. Yeah. And he's like, what's going on? What the hell's going on here? And then Lee gives him a right hook and knocks him out and then kicks him. <laughs> oh, right in the face. I Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing, my dear. Amanda pulls up the floor plan, which, as Lexi said, is very quite colorful. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're trying to figure out, like, where Billy could be. And uh, they need to see the monitors. And Amanda's like, the key, the guard, the guard, get the key. <laughs> and so he finds it. And uh, they got volume on that now so they can listen to what the, the bad guys are saying. And so after Zorbell's now finished everything for them, not really smart of him to do. He tells them all the information they need. It's like, what do they need you for any, anymore? Ding dong. Yep. He sits down and uh, Daisy gives him a little hug, a little hug around the neck. Mm-hmm. She's just a little exuberant, though, and kills him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kanan's like, hey, by this time tomorrow, we'll be, you know, billion dollars richer. And they're going to start precisely at 9.30 a.m. By 10.30, we'll be a, we'll, we're a billion dollars richer. And they're all like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe Zorbel's presentation is now complete. As is his life. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Zorbel. Yes. So apparently they have to have a, a unanimous vote and they vote with their cheesy die. die. So there's six of them. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> I know, right? It's <laughs> so funny. And what do they do if the guy says another one guy says, no, I'm good. Daisy. That's why she's there. Yeah. Daisy's about to give Zorbella a little hug. She reminds me of that German chick. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can't remember. You know them all. The one with that creepy guy with the lint. Always picking it off people's jackets. Yes. Really much so. Uh, the times they are changing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a school. Yeah. <laughs> she was frightening. <laughs> she had some bone structure too. So these guys don't even seem to flinch when uh, Daisy goes and kills that guy. Like they don't even like whatever. With a billion dollars on the table, this little man who already figured out all the details. That's crazy. So the one guy seems kind of ballsy to me. She he just had somebody kill his person kill that guy, and now you're saying, hey, you know what? If this goes well, you you know if this succeeds. It's, you get all the glory if it fails you pay the price mm-hmm. it's like dude i hope you have a, a at least two daisies on your staff then yeah. <laughs> to take care of her he's like i won't fail so then he orders that they use a tetramonoxide in melrose's room so now they're going to kill him off so they're taking care of all the loose ends yeah. and they're not going to have to worry about it so now lee and amanda are now rushed to then go find billy really fast so they don't uh have a a, a dead boss on their hands yeah. lee's like which cord which way do we go and she's like uh that way so then he's using her instinct which luckily she's spot on as yeah. usual and then poor billy is hearing the gas come in and he's gasping for for air now as uh 
the room is filling up with poison. Miss Scientist, what is the tetra... Dioxide? Yeah. What is it? Tetramonoxide? Is that what they say? I thought it was tetra... Monoxide. Slightly made up. Okay. It's replacing oxygen in the room like carbon dioxide does, but I don't really think there's tetra uh, monoxide, but I could be wrong. Okay. Well, nobody's going to care, so that's fine. One oxide, and then you have tetra. I don't know. I can't think of the chemical structure that would be. They seem to make up stuff sometimes, (laughs) which is fine. It's a TV show. Yeah. Now, this is one of the first times that you actually see Lee kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like actually see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just took that guy. It wasn't like he was using dart guns or those rubber things like he's used in the past. Yeah. Right? He, he's actually yeah. using bullets and that guy is now dead. Yeah. Supposedly. They obviously found Billy's room. It's the one that's got smoke pouring out of it. And I love it. He doesn't even have to say anything. And Amanda just gets <laughs> right behind him. They were just butt to butt. Hmm. Never been so jealous of a woman in my life. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so they're able to get Billy and uh, pull him out of there. And he's getting yelled at for, for coming after him. <laughs> of course. Yep. Poor Billy. He's gone through the ringer. Mm-hmm. He goes, damn it, Lee. I told you to stay out of this. He goes, Kanan and his cronies are in his office. Now can you walk? So he wants Amanda to get him out of there. And she's like, the best thing for us to do is stay, uh, stay out of trouble. The best way to stay out of trouble is to stay with you, which is a good point. He yep. does have a gun. Yep. And he knows how to use it. And he obviously knows how to use it. Correct. So they bust in, but they've all like scattered. They're mm-hmm. all they're all out of that cool little, uh, their table's empty. Yep. That is a huge table. Look at that mm-hmm. thing. And who left their die there? I mean, come on. The number one rule of the Psychops Club is you don't leave your die behind. <laughs> you don't leave your die behind, man. That's right. <laughs> so Amanda's like, don't worry, I'll, I won't miss the play. And she's like, it was last night. She goes, what? So they've missed. She goes, I miss Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> I'm so sorry. She goes, tell him. She goes, never mind. I will tell him when I get home. She, They are still in the same clothes. <laughs> I do love that pink jacket. You know, I love that pink jacket. Yeah, you have one that's similar. I have one that's similar now. Mm-hmm. I do love it. Right here. This is the jean shot. That I oh, <laughs> they are a little high waisted, but I see the effect that it has. <laughs> Everything's a little snug right there, isn't it? Let's see. You dirty, dirty dog. <laughs> so Billy's explaining because he's heard what's going to happen. He knows and, and they know now, too. Um, so they need to stop him. And, and Amanda's like, well, we'll stop them. Like, yeah. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about this. We're doing it. So they have uh, just a little while before they can, uh, that before they're going to miss their window of opportunity mm-hmm. to find that. So they've got to get uh, up up in the agency chopper. Yeah. Which, if they're supposed to be rogue right now, how are they going to get that chopper? So they're saying, we'll flush them out. You know, we'll get them from up high, flush them out, and then they'll catch them at the bottom. Yeah. I do like how he helps her. Mm-hmm. she like puts her like instinctually she puts her arm around around him and he does the same yeah that's sweet so now we're at a parking structure so they're going up high on a parking structure trying to get access to the satellites obviously without an obstructed view and he's in the chopper and amanda and billy are driving around in amanda's car correlating with with uh lee yeah which you know for them to take on all this you know, these guys just by themselves is pretty uh, awesome. That's just the yep. three of them. And we have some beautiful shots of Washington, which Lee is nowhere near. <laughs> Bruce is nowhere near, I yeah. should say. You'd think they'd need a bigger satellite dish than that little bitty thing, yeah. wouldn't you? Yep. They've got it pointed directly at the one up on the probably the bigger bank there. 
That would be cool to see all the the uh, monuments and stuff from the helicopter. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Boy, Daisy's in this uh, up to her ears, isn't she? Yep. She's like her his right hand man, <laughs> if you will. So Lee's kind of scanning around and and saying, you know, there's nothing over here by the um, by the uh, phone company following Mass Avenue to Rhode Island Avenue. And and he can see the phone company's dish and there's nothing there. They're going to head down Pennsylvania Avenue now. So Amanda's following on the map. Why doesn't she just Google it? I know, right? Save so much time. Get the navigation going. (laughs) Right? Look at that. Look at that computer they're using, Mm -hmm. too. So it's 923. So they only have seven minutes before this really is going to start. The transactions are going to start. So they're loading it all up. Transmission from Zurich is coming in. And actually, they kind of it's kind of cool. They have like a word processor with all the information on there. Good day. Huh? Didn't you mention Zulu Blue earlier? Yeah, I did. But where do you see Zulu Blue? Zurich. Clearance. And oh. Zulu time. What is that? Oh, Zulu time. Huh. Wait, Zulu Blue wasn't in this episode. You just no, it. Zulu Blue I mentioned. Zulu Blue is um, answer without question. Oh, okay. That was from um, um, Tale of the Dancing Weasel. Mm, okay. That's what Harry uses to get Amanda to come. Yes. Right. Yeah. I don't know why they use it here then, right? Yeah, Zulu Zulu time. I wonder what that is. Mm-hmm. Cleared to for cash transfer. So they're start, already starting to get those up. And Lee's running out of time and he's not finding anything. Yeah. So, of course, at the last second, dun, 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 mm. he finds it. It's like, damn it, where are they? Yeah, I think the satellite dishes would have been a lot bigger. Got That's what I mean. To be, to like, <laughs> especially in the 80s and then to overtake that one. Yes, and the cell phones used to be huge and all that, yeah. Okay, so Amanda's now heading. (laughs) She didn't even look to see if anybody's coming. So they see some action going on, and they're bringing them down. Lee's having the uh, pilot bring him down, and then all those people in the car are, like, all have guns, and they're shooting him. (laughs) And unfortunately, they hit him because now there's smoke coming out of, of the helicopter, and they've been hit. So Amanda pulls in just in time and goes into the uh, entry, blocks the entry of the parking garage. And they're watching and she's she's worried because she can see they've been hit. She goes, where did he go? He's like, get in the car. I think we're going to have company in a second. And she's still watching to make sure he's going to be okay. And he's like, get in the car, Amanda. <laughs> so then the bad guys start coming down, scurrying like the little rats that they are. <laughs> and... Uh, and Lee's going to be jumping down. And how he doesn't get, how, how he's not shot here, I do not know. <laughs> yeah. Or or has his head chopped off by the blade above him, That for that matter, too. Mm. So he takes out Cannon, and it doesn't take much. The guy's a little wimp. Now Billy's hiding, and uh, he's he's dealing with all the little rats that are coming out of the woodwork. Yep, just and uh, he's like, that's far enough. And they keep coming, so he shoots them both. Bye, bitch. Oh, and Daisy, man, Daisy's running down blindly and Amanda just cracks open that door and knocks her out. And it's got to scorn Lee a little bit because he just got his ass handed to him by by her and Amanda just took her out. And they just laugh. Darn it. That darn Amanda. In the script, this is where I was saying earlier, it's kind of a cute moment. They tie back that Amanda was taking that test. Yeah. uh, Studying from the manual. So... Field agent test too. Yes. And she's out of the field. Exactly. She passed the test, they say. She didn't have to take the written one. (laughs) 
Oh, and in the script, they, Billy actually tries to get Amanda to go home. He goes, this could get really hot. I appreciate what you're doing to, to Scarecrow, but this is my fight. And Lee says, not anymore. You're way out in the cold, Billy, which the agency headhunters uh, on one side and Cyclops on the other. You're going to need all the help you can get. And Amanda says, and I really can't go home, Mr. Melrose, sir. I could be followed. My family in danger. And Billy and Lee says, she's right, Billy. You're stuck with us and we're running out of time. So... And that keeps going from there. But then uh, this part right here. So um, when they actually get, they catch up, Billy and Lee catch up with Amanda and she's knocked out Daisy. Mm-hmm. They come down and, oh, and Amanda's like really worried about the helicopter. She says, Mr. Melrose, he's gone down. And he shakes his head. He's worried. Get in the car, Amanda. We're in to have some company in a few seconds. So then she was worried about Lee with helicopter going down but mm-hmm. it wasn't billy says good work amanda she says me i didn't do anything she just sort of ran into my door impressed she says but you guys were great billy and lee though please shine it on no big deal still it's hard to hide the smiles and then amanda says of course you did violate 17 no no 18 basic agency rules and regulations i couldn't help but notice since i've been studying for my freshman test She's thinking violation of controlled airways over a metropolitan area, improper ground clearance procedure, firing a handgun in a publicly occupied area. And Billy says quickly, you pass with an A. Congratulations. With that, Billy turns and walks away, leaving a surprised Amanda facing Lee. He grins. Nothing like practical experience beats book learning every time. He reaches out, gives Amanda a five. She hesitates, chuckles, returns the five as she does. They fade out. And then that's, that's then cute. we get the tag. Isn't that cute? Yeah, that is cute. I thought that was cute. I know. I wish they would have done that. It would have yeah. been really cute. I would have rather seen that than like the, you know, car going up the ramp or like. Yeah, like, that's like, what I mean. There were, I feel like there were some shots where it was like very little dialogue or nothing was really added. Right. Like I would have rather seen something like that. I agree. But I think they were trying to get the people that liked a team and things mm-hmm. like that at that time. They were trying to have the, don't you think? And Hunter and yeah. stuff. They were trying they to get the action thing. It. Yep. Yeah. All that stuff is totally like the 18. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. So note to self, Lexi, you would probably not enjoy the 18 or uh, right. Hunter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Lee and Amanda are coming into the agency and they bump into Francine with a banana clip type thing in her hair. She's mm-hmm. got that thing tight. What do you think of the outfit? Lovely's outfit. Like Amanda's outfit. Francine's is cute. I don't like the earrings. I think it would be better without the the earrings. Yeah, I agree. I don't like the earrings. Yeah. What are the pants? Are the pants like black and white checked? It looks like they're like a gingham. Yeah. Black and white. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah, she's got her power outfit going on. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She's about to get her hand, uh, butt handed to her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's saying that she screwed up. She got reports mixed in with other ones and she Mm -hmm. ordered wrong things. Johnson got a $40,000 reimbursement. (laughs) Yeah. You better catch him. He's probably on the first flight out. <laughs> right. Um, and she's like, Amanda's like, oh, I'm sure he'll understand, you know. And she's like, and he, he she's like, uh-huh. And Billy comes in. And he goes, Desmond, my office. I leave this place. And she's like, oh. and and she goes, sir. And he winks at her. And they just give a cute little look. That's there were cute. so many winks in this episode. Lee did it to Amanda. Uh, Dr. Smith did it to Lee, like right before he closed the door, right? And now Billy just did it to them. Yeah. Too. Oh, like, that's true. Winky, winky, wink. <laughs> winky, crazy. wink. It was a cute, it's a cute, yeah. you know, you know, it's it's nice because you know uh, Francine's going to go get her butt chewed out. Yeah. And after being so snarky to Amanda, it's like, 
fair fair play That's turnabout's true. fair play That's true. <laughs> and uh the script goes a little different at the tag okay Billy's seated at his desk with Lee and Amanda standing in front. And Amanda says, I just wish we could have learned more from Daisy. And Lee says, no way. If you're not in the hierarchy, your information is short. And Billy says, that's how Cyclops assumes its own survival. They're probably already filled Cannon's empty chair. Francine enters carrying a stack of file folders. She reacts with surprise at seeing Billy. In the bullpen, the mysterious Dr. Smith can be seen bent over a computer terminal. Francine Billy, I thought you were in the hospital. Billy says, a little mix up, but thanks for holding down the fort for me. And Francine says, I'm afraid I might have sabotaged the fort. And Billy signals Lee to see Dr. Smith in the bullpen. Lee slips out quietly. Amanda says, from what I heard, you did a great job. And Francine says, oh yeah, somehow the requisition for the employee's coffee beans got typed on an agency transfer form. And Billy says, picking up a paper, which accounts for two of our Bulgarian agents being transferred to Bogota. Francine nods yes and the computer allotments were accidentally filled with the agent's expense forms in the background Lee shakes hands with Dr. Smith they talk for a moment and Smith is gone before we know it Lee heads back to the office Billy says which is why I got a $40,000 expense reimbursement check Francine grimaces relax Francine these kinds of mistakes happen every day in an organization this size and Amanda says, they happen in a family of four. Jamie bought a pair of mice ones, guaranteed boys. A month later, we have to move out of the house and call the pest control men. 79 cents worth of mice ended up costing $640. Oh, oh no. Man. Billy and Lee. I thought rabbits did that, not mice. <laughs> Billy and Lee laugh. Francine doesn't. Billy says, come on, Francine. We'll go through this through the rest of your snafus and I'll tell you about the orangutan named Cecil we had it on payroll in Liechtenstein for a year (laughs) Francine and Billy exit leaving Lee and Amanda Lee says Dr. Smith sends his compliments on a job well done wow that's rare uh and she seems pleased she says he did to me And he nods. He suggested some kind of commendation. Amanda beams. Unofficial, of course, because none of this happened. Amanda says, of course. He goes, how's dinner at Emilio's sound? She says, teasing. I hardly think so. I don't know the man. And on Lee's reaction, they freeze frame and fade out. That's so cute. I like that tag better. I know. Me too. All the stuff that they didn't add. I know. They could have added that. It was so cute. Anyways, I thought that was really cute. Yeah, that is cute. (laughs) I like that one. Yeah. Oh, oh well. They had they had to get those races in and yeah. those chases and the helicopter and all that stuff <laughs> sure. that nobody, none of the women who watched ninety nine percent of the women that yeah. watched this didn't care about. Yeah. I mean, I like a little bit of it because it gives some excitement, but you don't need all like all of that. Yeah. You know. Yep. Well, then poor Francine. You know, let's see you're right. I think you mentioned once that she always gets stuck with like the worst office job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she so, does. She's supposed yep. to be a field agent. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yep. But uh, you know what I was thinking about that when we were watching it and I was like, you know what, I should mention it. But then internally I was like, you know what? No, they like someone needed to run the office while Billy was out. Yeah. And she was the one picked to run the office. Right. She wasn't picked to be the agent. But maybe that means, you know, they're thinking of her as like a potential, you know, replace. Yeah. Like, Like, yeah. Like because Billy's not this is an exception, obviously, but he's not an agent. Right. Anymore. Right. So maybe they're uh, anyway. No, that it is a compliment, but it's (laughs) also, I'm sure she's a woman of action, just like Lee's a man of action, you know, and she wants to get in there and do things and hear this 
housewife mm-hmm. who she thought was just quote passing through yes, right bitch. uh yeah is <laughs> is you know sticking around and and flourishing too yeah. on top of that so yep. yeah yeah well, i'm sure billy's job is a lot more varied than filling out expense reports yeah. right right those certainly could have waited until he got back <laughs> So it's time for Dottie's Bookshelf, where we'll give recommendations for fanfic that tie into the episode. This is a first for us, where we only have one recommendation, but I guess this just wasn't a favorite episode of our fanfic writers. I only found one writer that picked up on a little conversation uh, between Amanda and Lee in the confines of the elevator about her being a Kappa girl. Uh, This is written by Lainey Sullivan. And it's called No Mrs. Spy, No Little Spies. It's an epic story, 78 chapters to be exact. I baited, I think, 40 some of them, if I'm not mistaken. And it's an AU story. One of my favorite, you know, types of stories is AU for sure. And it looks at the idea of what if Lee and Amanda had met in college during a time that Amanda and Joe had broken up? We were on a break. We were on a break. Like, and, <laughs> and friends. Yeah, yes. and friends. And uh, had a brief romance resulting in Lee, not Joe, mm-hmm. being Philip's father. I think I remember reading this one. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. So um, you'll definitely uh, want to take take a, a long sabbatical in order to finish <laughs> reading this in one sitting. Yeah. This is a long one. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It goes, it spans from the early 70s and goes all the way through Uh, past the show so it's really fun that's cool yeah so uh as always we will provide a link to this story on our website in the show notes and you can also find it on fanfic.net real quick on the fanfiction stuff yeah one thing that did come out of this episode that i saw in a lot of fanfiction stories was Mm -hmm. kind of resistance to drugs and having like a what do they call it it's not a uh chant but it's like a oh the mantra your mantra mantra. yeah Mm -hmm. so isn't this the first time that's sort of introduced in terms of or is that in a different one oh you're gonna test my knowledge here trying to i'd have to think back um yeah that's a a theme even though yeah this episode yeah that's a theme in like a lot of stories Mm -hmm. which um i noticed when i was watching this I thought it was the first time. Yeah, where it... I think this baby just don't remember. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, there definitely, there's a lot of fanfic stories about, you know, the resist, you know, trying to resist the um, drugs and using the mantra to uh, stay focused and only give your, like, your social number or something like that, right? Or like, or like any, any torture. Right. Endure while they're being, you know... Mm-hmm questioned or right yeah, it is an interesting concept i'm sure they have that in real spy land but yeah probably i'm sure they have something that they need to focus on to fight through the pain or you know resist yeah, yeah as long as you can it's time to pull out some videos from the video vault that reflect the episode reach for the sky this episode highlights the work of our wonderful supporting characters billy and francine billy has gone renegade and is working in the field and francine has some fun or misery stepping into his role in the office. The first video celebrates Francine slipping into Billy's office chair and taking charge. The video is based on the song Confident by Demi Lovato, and the video is created by Love S&K. The second video is all about Billy getting out and showing his stuff as a field agent, although he does get caught and almost dies. The song is The Heat Is On by The Wipeouts, and the video is put together by Westy Ray, 
and there's a lot of great Billy stains. It's the one I could find that had a lot of a Billy focused video. These videos can be found on YouTube and we provide links on our website at mkcpodcast.com. That does it for us on this episode of Mrs. King's Chronicles. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to join us for the next episode, Flight to Freedom. Thanks everyone. Bye. <laughs>